the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, good afternoon and welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. I'm so glad you could join me on the program Crosswalk with Gino Geraci. It is, of course, called Crosswalk because it really is the intersection of Christian faith and Christian living. This is where sort of where doctrine meets duty and belief meets behavior. This is the program with you in mind where we try to ask and find answers to the questions that you care the most about, questions about God and the historical Jesus, questions about the Bible, questions about world views and world religions. But from time to time, we have authors, artists, guests who are making a difference in the kingdom of God and the body of Christ. Joining me is Dr. Baron Bell. He's all of the above, artist. Uh Dr. Baron Bell, thanks for coming on the program. Thank you for having me. It's a blessing. And author. Now, you are the author of a, of a, of a graphic novel, dare I call it that, a graphic novel called Dominion. And um, it's about – the subtitle is The Fall of the House of Saul, a, a, a sort of a sci-fi fantasy space opera inspired by the book of First Samuel. So obviously you talk about characters and themes that are larger than life. But tell us a little, first of all, about Baron Bell. Who are you and what was it about graphic art that captured your imagination? And tell us a little bit about – how you came to become a believer in Jesus and a follower of Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, first and foremost, my name is Dr. Baron Bell. I am a professor of art and design at Liberty University and at George Fox University. Uh, I'm also the creative director over at uh, Terminus Media, a faith and family-friendly publisher uh, located in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. Um, A little bit about me. Um, I've been a comic book nerd for the longest time, man. I mean, I, I got in uh, at about eight years old, mm-hmm. and uh, my, my, my oldest brother brought home a, a suitcase full of comic books, and uh, I tell you, my eyes were dazzled by stories of the X-Men and Spider-Man and... Chris Claremont. Chris Claremont, Mark Silvestri, yeah. uh, and, and, and the, the wonderful uh, kind of intersection of... Uh, of social justice meets comic book storytelling and the whole nine. And so it was like, it was an amazing introduction for me. Um, I didn't find Jesus until, uh, I think it was like the, at the end of high school when I was uh, a senior in high school, um, because uh, a buddy of mine, um, he was one of the few guys who, who didn't go around drinking and cussing and all that other stuff. And I'm like, okay, that's odd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's up with that? And so uh, he uh, he really uh, helped me uh, find my way to Jesus uh, and Bible study and all that good stuff. And um, I, I just I, I guess as an artist, I'd always been into art. I'd, al- I'd always been into comics and sci-fi and fantasy and Star Wars. And I was I'm one of the I'm old enough to to tell you, Gino, that I actually saw the first Star Wars movie in the movie theater. Like I did that. too. Yeah, and, and, and it, I, 1977. Know, I, was, 
1977, and, and I have been hooked ever since. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm just a huge, gigantic nerd, but I love Jesus. Now, tell me how you, at, at what point where you thought, I am going to take my love of graphic art and um, and then I'm going to take a story, a very familiar story, like First Samuel, and then put it into this pro- this this project, Dominion. How did how did Dominion come about? Dominion is basically the product of uh, of many many years of me being in comics. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I went to LA uh, in two thousand two thousand yeah the year two thousand to sell a, a TV series. Um, but uh, my work in comics actually got me more attention from um, from the industry. Uh, some people over at Warner Brothers saw one of the, the books I was doing called Cobalt Warrior Angel at that time, mm-hmm. and because uh, it was kind of different, it's like a, a, a young black teenager who mm-hmm. is, a, an, is an angel in human form, and he's going through his problems and angst and whatever. That never got picked up, but mm. that was the beginning of a long process of me just being just doing comics. Um, I did another book called Radio Free America, and that's kind of like World War III from the urban perspective. Mm-hmm. I call it uh, Red Dawn Meets the Wire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, that was the, one, of the, one of the books that, I, that really kind of got me uh, a little bit more, more recognition. Uh, and then uh, I think Dominion came from my desire to really do more with my Christianity and my art, because my other books weren't as they were more comic booky in nature, but not deep in, in the realm of spirituality or, thinking, or the things of God. And um, my wife was always asking me, she's like, well, you got all this talent, why, why aren't you doing something for Jesus? And, you know, I mean, I'd be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I, I got a message here, or I got a message there, or there's some redemption here, or whatever. But, you know, it's just excuses. Yeah, I I have a friend who is the CGI. He was the CGI director for Marvel, and they got mm-hmm. picked up by Disney, obviously. And so we're living in a culture and a society where graphic art and artists and computer-generated graphics can make any story come to life. Mm-hmm. And obviously, when you look at the popular culture, do you have an explanation of why Marvel Comics or DC Comics, Batman, Superman, um, Star Wars, fill in the blank, uh, Spider-Man, Avengers, that they're going to make a billion dollars each. Black Panther, um, amazing movie. And it captures wildly the public imagination, whether you're black or white, whether you're liberal, conservative. What is it about this medium that people don't talk about? They're divisions, but they talk about what unites them. It taps into something that all of us have, which is imagination. It taps into that, that childlike side of us that can turn off our brains for a few hours and say, you know what, I, I can believe a man can fly, I can believe uh, Spider-Man, or I can believe in, in spaceships flying through space. And that's kind of what I wanted to tap into when I did Dominion, because I, I do believe, uh, and one of the reasons why I did the book was because I really wanted to find a way to re-engage people with the Bible again mm-hmm. in a new and different way. Uh, and why not use uh, Star Wars as a template? Why not use 
Narnia or other movies, uh, Robotech back in the day when I was coming up, or, uh, you know, the Transformers as ways to engage a new audience, what had to be about the Bible. Tell me what kind of response you've gotten uh, for Dominion. I mean, obviously, people, your family, friends, they pick it up. They look at the art. That they look at the story. What and and tell me a little bit about some of the feedback that you've gotten from this project. The feedback has been kind of amazing. Um, we've tapped into something I think that is um, is needed in today's society. Uh, we have a book that is entertaining but not preachy but it does kind of give uh, a, a gateway to this universal truth of God. We, we have, of course, our, our main characters are animals. And so, I mean, they're anthropomorphic characters, mm-hmm. and, and they, the, the kings are represented with lions, and the priests are represented with crows. And, and so we have all these things that are intrinsic to our love of childhood, and this uh, this imagination that really helps people grow, and and so we've had uh, such really good uh, feedback. Um, the um, the director of Mulan, Barry Cook, uh, uh-huh. he he gave us a really good review on the back of the book. Uh, we have uh, one of the actors with the Chosen. He gave us a really good comment. Very cool quote on the back of our book. Uh, my brother, who's not a Christian, he loves the book. Well, you hold hold on, Dr. Dr. Bell. My guest, Dr. Baron Bell, he's the author of Dominion. It's a graphic novel. We're going to have more when we come back, and we're going to especially tell you how you can get a copy. Hey, thanks for joining me. This is Gino Geraci, my guest, Dr. Baron Bell. He's the author of, of a graphic novel called Dominion, and of course, that's brought to you by the Christian Comic Artist Society. So much that I want to get to, but right off the bat, Dr. Baron Bell, how can people get a copy of Dominion, the graphic novel? Yeah, you can go directly to our website, uh, www.terminusmedia.com. Uh-huh, Terminus, Terminus Media. Okay. Yeah. Or, or you can go on Amazon and type in Dominion Fall of the House of Saul or just mm-hmm. Dominion Fall. And then you, if you see the graphic novel, it has the, the, uh, the picture of a lion on the front cover. Yes. So uh, Amazon or on our website, uh, terminusmedia.com. Now, when you were developing the project, writing the project, um, you know, people think of comics as being largely for kids, but this book. Um, clearly has an appeal to a younger reader, but tell me about who you had in mind. You're, you're, you're doing the art, you're doing the story. Who's your audience? Um, while it is perfect for middle school age kids, uh-huh. um, it is, I think our target audience are, uh, I would say, um, you know, high school age and, uh, and above mm-hmm. can read it and enjoy it. But that high school age, that, that early high school that is like the perfect age uh, of a readership where not only do you get entertainment, but you can understand the, the deep undertones of biblical truth that we weave into the storyline. Yeah, and you talk about those, those undertones. Obviously, we live in a fallen world. Most people didn't come into a perfect Brady Bunch or, or Leave it to Beaver type of circumstance in in Saul there's a lot of di- with Saul and 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 David and and the drama that takes place in 1 Samuel 
how do you represent that kind of tension in in this novel? Well, the the, the story initially focuses on 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 Saul, and the subtitle of the book is "The Fall of the House of Saul." Mm-hmm. And we, uh, I was just very interested in Saul being a, a king, but a very flawed man. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is this uh, this story that is discussing his family dynamic. So you have the political stuff going on. You have this invasion with the Philistines, but you also have this family that needs a needs a father, and it and he's failing at that. And so many of us can relate to not quite making the mark sometimes, but uh, we don't make Saul into a caricature of this mustache-twirling twirling villain. No, he's a, he's a complicated person. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he was anointed by God to be king, but he failed at that. But he still had this, this desire to return to that somehow. And so we explore that deeply. And, of course, the family dynamic with the queen being the backbone of the family, the son who seeks his father's approval but never really gets it, and this daughter who is a pampered princess, but she's also this warrior princess on the side. Wow. Now, I, I, you know, when, when we talk about producing a product and, and like, like Dominion, everybody asks, well, what's next? Is this the beginning of a series, or where is the, where you where are you going with this? Um, we are initially going from Saul to David. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So as soon as we finish this this uh, storyline with fall of the house of Saul, it'll be rise of the house of David, which is coming next. Mm-hmm. And then um, simultaneously, we're doing a spinoff book called Dominion: The Border Wars, where we partnered up with the formal former Marvel comic book artist who's a Christian brother. His name is Rob Stott mm-hmm. and, uh, and my co-writer of Dominion, Daniel Hancock. And uh, we're doing the story of the judges at the same time. But wow. uh, it's, it's like the story of David learning from the archives of the judges and how to be a good king. And so, uh, so Border Wars is coming simultaneously sometime later this year. And uh, the rise of David will probably be at the very end of this year, going into 2023. Um, but yeah, all of it, we, we have a we have Bible study guides in every book. So if you're a pastor, youth leader, uh, or homeschooler, whatever, and you want a good uh, good book to have a Bible study with or a small group, yeah, Dominion is really good for that. Now, there's another thing that I want to bring to my audience's attention with this growing group of homeschoolers, but this growing group of Christian artists Many of the most famous comic artists started off life 14, 15, 16 years old. Um, I know that that's another thing that you're deeply interested is cultivating young, talented artists. Um, if people want to know more about that, how uh, do you have resources that you would recommend for the person who's listening right now? And they, they like you, they love art and they love stories. Well, I'm an art teacher, you know what I mean? So it's like when I'm not doing this, I'm, I'm, I, I've developed a class at Liberty University mm-hmm. for comic book publishing. Uh, I've also done the same thing for George Fox University. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on our website, TerminusMedia.com, we do have a learn section. Oh, wow. We have resources uh, for kids and, and, and adults who want to learn more about art. I do 
this YouTube series called One Minute Art Class, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I'm doing other things as well as far as uh, just uh, uh, concept art for comics, which is another uh, YouTube video series that I do. But just you know, go to the website, go to the contact page if you have any questions, if you want to have any resources for your kids, or if you uh, want to uh, you know learn more about our small group Bible study resources. Uh, TerminusMedia.com is the place to go. My guest, Dr. Baron Belt. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard this name before. Have you ever heard the name Greg Laurie? Yes. Oh, I love Greg Laurie. Well, you know what? He was a graphic artist when we were kids. I did not know that. And he came up with a little character called Ben Born Again, and he started writing witnessing tracks and evangelistic tracks when he was 17, 18 years old. He became the pastor of... uh, Calvary and Riverside that will eventually become Harvest and then will become Harvest Crusades. So fast forward, Dr. Baron Bell, if you get a chance, you should drop my friend, Dr. Greg Laurie, a line and tell him a little bit about who you are and what you're doing. I think you guys would hit it off big time. I introduced him to my friend, Nate Butler, who was the, you know, the comic book uh, illustrator for, like I said, Star Trek, the next generation. Yeah, I would love that. We, we definitely see Dominion as entertainment, but it, it also makes a great evangelical tool yes. for those who, who probably won't be picking up a Bible. Um, and, you know, like I said, my twin brother, who is, is not a Christian, he's, a, he's an atheist, but he loves the book because it has those things that a comic book reader would want to, to enjoy. So, yeah, I would definitely love to do that. Well, thanks so much for being my guest. Again, once again, tell people how they can get a copy of the book. Dominion. Uh, you, can either, you can either go to www.terminus with a T, terminusmedia.com, or go to amazon.com and then type in Dominion Fall, or Dominion Fall of the House of Saul, and you will see it. It's a, little, it's a big lion face on the cover of it. Now, I understand that people can follow you at, like, Christian Comic Art Society on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all of the usual suspects? Well, actually, it's uh, Dominion Comic on Twitter, uh, Dominion.comic on Instagram, and Dominion Comic on Facebook. Dr. Baron Bell, thanks so much for being my guest. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. This is Gino Geraci, and again, I want to encourage you. You can call me at 303-873-1935. When we come back, I'm going to catch you up on what's going on in this great big world. Obviously, it's going to be impossible for us not to talk about what's going on in the Ukraine and in Russia. And we're going to have also some um, conversation about... um, trustworthy sources of wisdom uh, from Barna Research, and we're also going to be talking about can states force Christian businesses to promote same-sex weddings, and of course, one of our local girls right now, the Supreme Court has agreed to hear her case. Um, We'll have that and more. This is Gino Geraci. I'll be back. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. We've got so much to talk about. I don't normally have guests on, you know, Tough Question Tuesday, but happy to take your questions. 
about um, the Bible, about Jesus, about God, about the past, which is history, the future, which is prophecy. 303-873-1935. That's the number if you want to join me on the program. Let's see who's up. John, welcome to the program. Hello. Hi there. So you have the call screeners question? Well, yeah, but for our audience's sake, why don't you repeat it? Is suicide the act of a coward? Is suicide... Revelation 21.8 says the cowardly and so on. Well, um, that's, that's actually a great question. But if we're asking it in the context of 21.8, but as for the cowardly the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. So if we're asking two kinds of questions, the first question is, is the cowardly in Revelation chapter 21.8 everyone who commits suicide? And I guess the way that I would answer that is no. That's, in other words, there's lots of reasons why people commit suicide. And if you're asking and answering the question, is suicide always the act of a coward? I suspect that there are people who are deluded, who think it's something very brave. But I'm going to suggest to you again, that minimum we're talking about someone who lacks the courage to face difficult, dangerous, or unpleasant things. So, That's so, my point. Yeah, that is your point. So as we're thinking about that, do can we make a generalization that people who commit suicide lack the courage to face things that are difficult, dangerous, or unpleasant? So I'm going to suggest to you that there's elements in that. Cowardice is sometimes linked to a guilty conscience. You're probably familiar with Proverbs 28, 1, the wicked flee, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. And so, again, we, we see examples of people who sometimes participate in cowardice and fear but later come back and they have a way of overcoming that cowardice and fear. So I'm not prepared to say that every single person who commits suicide is A, a coward, and B, that that they're going to wind up in the lake of fire. I'm not prepared to say that. It's a different question. But I am prepared to say that in that text that you brought up, Revelation 21.8, some translations take that Greek word and translate it fearful. But as you realize, fearful and cowardly aren't always the same thing. And so if we were to ask an answer, do I think that cowardly is an appropriate um, word to use in the text? I think that the answer is yes. Do I think every single human being who commits suicide is a coward? I'm not prepared to go there, but I am prepared to say clearly this is this is not only is it not God's will, but it is something 
obviously, without trying to sound cliche, it's a permanent um, it, it's trying to solve a temporary problem with a permanent solution. Just, do I recommend suicide? No. It's absolutely the wrong thing to do. So Peter, I think, shows cowardice, enslavement to fear. He surrenders his life to Jesus. And then obviously he has this come-to-Jesus moment where with power and boldness he preaches. Is everyone who's a coward destined to be a coward? I think that the answer is no. You don't. I think cowards have the ability to to change. So over and over again, there's an admonition in the scripture: be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified. Don't be afraid. You, for the Lord your God goes with you; He won't leave you or forsake you. So. And by the way, that's a command and not a suggestion. Do not be afraid or terrified. It's a command and not a suggestion. So obviously, the best example of facing fear instead of letting it control you, Jesus. But yeah, your question is provocative. So a child, a young child, would be judged differently from someone who was a lot older. Let me put it to you this way. I, and I'm not saying this because I want to say it. I'm just putting it in perspective for you. I have known families where a child has died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound at the age of 11. I have known people who've died from self-inflicted gunshot wounds in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. So the way that I would answer your question is that God doesn't judge you simply on the basis of the last thing that you do. God judges you on the basis of everything that you've done. So to your point, is an 11-year-old different from a 61-year-old in the way they process information, in the way that they deal with emotion, fear, um, panic, or dangerous or unpleasant things? Do I personally hold a 61-year-old accountable in a different way than I do an 11-year-old? I think that the answer is yes. So the way, so without, without dismissing what you're saying, God judges a person based on everything that they've done, not just simply the last thing that they've done. And they will receive a reward or judgment based on not simply the last thing that they've done, but everything that they've done. Does that make sense? Kind of. Um, I guess my, I guess real question is escaping God's judgment. Yes, we can say the magic words, you know, and say you receive Christ. And then if you can't live without. Well, see, and here's here's the way I would I, I would sort of be careful, and I would answer your question. I'm going to suggest to you that when a person truly receives Christ as their Savior, it isn't just magic words that they say in order to escape judgment. Now, I'm sure that there might be people who say, "I don't want to go to hell. I I, 
I am dying under the weight of my sin, and I want to receive forgiveness and hope in my life. So the way that I would answer it is, is it possible that a person could pray a prayer, but it but it isn't a prayer of sincerity based on a, a, a willingness to turn from your sin and receive forgiveness in Christ and and walk with him? You know, the Bible only mentions six people, by the way, who commit suicide, and five of those men were noted for their wickedness. But you're you're right. Suicide is the same as murder in the Bible. It's self-murder. And according to the Bible, God is the only one who gets to decide when and how a person should die. In Psalm 3115, it says, my times are in your hands. And so, yeah, we're playing a dangerous game if we if we want to go to heaven <laughs> or hell, for that matter, uninvited. So I encourage people, no, for the, the person who claims to know and love the Lord, it's a bad idea. And for the so person who doesn't... Stay- and overcome our cowardice, our fear, then we have the opportunity to help others. In the yes, world. And, I, I, and I would say it, you don't even have to do it. God in Christ is willing to strengthen you in that direction. I got to go. <laughs> hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. And of course, by now, you know, we've been talking a little bit about. Um, not a little bit. We've been, we've been anticipating for a very long time now. It's a couple of weeks about Putin and about Ukraine and about Russia and a Russian invasion. And the way that we now can think about it is Russia has invaded Ukraine, Eastern Ukraine. It may not have been in the way, in the manner that the pundits suggested, but by um, claiming that the separatist groups in eastern Ukraine are a independent country, and now they are friends of Russia, and that Russian Russians are sending peacekeeping troops into eastern Europe is one of the reasons – it's the height of, of – how do we even use absurdity? This is why words matter. This is why sweet is not bitter. And this is why dark is not light. And this is why right is not wrong. And my friend Joel Rosenberg at All Israel News, I think, has put it into a perspective that I think is extremely important. And he has, again, posted at um, All Israel News this important, important uh, posting. He said that um, on Tuesday night, President Vladimir Putin gave a bizarre and rambling one-hour televised address. But he says, but one thing was crystal clear. Putin has ordered his military to begin the illegal invasion and occupation of two sections of Ukraine, and that is exactly right. Russian forces are on the move. Artillery units are shelling Ukrainian towns and villages along the border. But I will have more, more, more. 303-873-1935. Let's see who's up. Donna, welcome to the program. 
Hello. Um, I would just like a, a prayer request for my granddaughter. Sure. Is um, it something specific? You, yes. Um, uh, I heard you talking earlier, and it, it was funny. I just ch- turned to your channel, and you were talking about suicide, and right. she is suicidal. And uh, depression runs in my family. In fact, the suicide runs in my family, sad to say. Um, so if you could just pray for her and her mother and, and just that um, they don't believe, they're both atheists, uh, that they will feel God's uh, presence in their lives and in their hearts and comfort and direction. Sure. While, while she's going through this. Sure. Let's let's pr- pray for them. And Heavenly Father, again, Lord, we do pray for these relatives, Lord, who, at least according to this caller, they're self-described atheists. They don't even believe that you exist. But, Lord, you do exist. Lord, you are the creator. You're the one who created all things, including human beings and their hearts and their longings. And, Lord, even though they don't believe in you, Lord, we know that you are the God who heals the brokenhearted and you bind up those who are wounded. Lord, we pray that they would come to a place of acknowledging that there's something really wrong with them and that you, Lord, can be the provision for that longing that they have deep in their their heart. And, Lord, again, we we pray for this family as a whole, Lord, because, again, they have been the victims of the problem of sin and brokenness. Lord, we know that Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. So, Lord, I pray that you would comfort this caller, Lord. We pray that by your Holy Spirit you would intervene in these lives. Lord, I pray that you would reveal that their unbelief and their rebellion has a cure that there really is a God and that he's willing to forgive them and reconcile them to themselves and bring hope to their life. Lord, we know that you said, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving that we could ask you. Lord, you said to ask you. And so that's exactly what we're doing. The psalmist said, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. Lord, this is the day of trouble. Lord, we pray that you would deliver them from the darkness. Lord, we pray that the scales would drop from their eyes. Lord, we pray that they would understand and believe who you are and that sin can be forgiven and they can be reconciled to you and that they can be given hope. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you very much. You are welcome. And again, um, I'm sure, Donnie, you probably realize there's lots of people who are listening right at this very moment. And like you, they have people who they love very, very much who are struggling with exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. So again, thanks for calling. Thank you. 303-873-1935. That's the number if you want to join me on the program. You know, before we went to the call, I was talking about um, allisrael.com and Joel Rosenberg, 
who's posted an important article. And I would just encourage you, if you get a chance, to go to allisrael.com um, and read um, Joel's article today, because this is his headline, and I want you to just think about it for a moment. Joel Rosenberg, who's done the deep dive into this, says that Putin's real goal isn't Ukraine. He says, but to make the world scared, break NATO, make himself the most powerful actor on the planet. That from Ukraine's defense minister. That from Ukraine's defense minister. And so Russian forces are on the move. And Joel Rosenberg says, but Putin's real goal isn't simply the reconquering of Ukraine, according to the Ukrainian defense minister, whose last name is Reznikov. He says in an important yet little noticed interview. Instead, Putin is determined, quote, this from the defense minister to make the world scared, break the NATO alliance and make himself and the Russian empire the most powerful actor on the planet. That's what he told RBC Ukraine News. And Reznikov posted the English translation of the interview on his blog. And you can go to that blog by going to allisrael.com. But I'll have more. 303-873-1935. Let's see who's up. Betty, welcome to the program. Hi, Betty. Hi, Gino. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. Good. Hey, um, I don't know if you remember me or not. I introduced myself to you at the Grace Calvary Church there off of Coleman or, uh, I'm sorry, King Carl. I forget where, exactly where your church is located yeah, at. King, King Carl and Garrison. And, yes, off of I, I, yeah. And I still attending uh, Southern Gables Church, which is now Southwest Community Church. Did not know yeah. that. Didn't know they changed their name. But thanks for letting me know. Yeah, they did. They sure did. Um, but Jeff, Jeff Stanley is our pastor there, and you know, very, very pleased with his sermons and and how I came to know the Lord and and been with um, South uh, Southern Gables Church for about eleven years. So I am, yeah. But anyway, uh, Gina, the reason for my call is that I would like to have you pray for my family and pray for me. Well, I've only got a few seconds, so let me. Is there something specific? Um, I just have three daughters, and for some reason, my second to the oldest daughter has got some issues that are going on, and I don't understand what they are. And so I tried to explain, you know, trying to talk to her, and she just, well, she don't want to talk. So. I unfortunately have to go, but putting you on the prayer list, Betty, daughters, prayer list. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.